Good morning. This is Paul Donovan, Chief Economist at UBS Global Wealth Management. It's seven o'clock in the morning London time on Tuesday the 14th of December. We get some inflation numbers today and we all know how everyone loves inflation numbers. Producer prices come out of the United States for the month of November. Producer prices matter when it comes to corporate pricing power because most companies sell to other companies rather than to end consumers. Food and fuel prices don't really tell us anything about corporate pricing power as they reflect commodity prices. Though note, processed food prices are a good indication of pricing power, unprepared food is not. So it is the core measure that's important to look at today. Specifically, economists are interested in the monthly pace of change. If it's high, that indicates there might be pricing power. If it's low, it indicates that there is unlikely to be pricing power. It's hard to get worked up about a permanent inflation scare if companies do not have much pricing power. On these measures, pricing power in the United States peaked in the second quarter of this year. Pricing power has fallen, and for consumer goods, pricing power is now more or less in normal ranges. True, the United States is not the manufacturing centre it once was, and so some consideration has to be given to pricing power outside of the United States. But domestic manufacturing does still matter there. It's also worth noting that pricing power helps us to understand whether we are going through a demand shock or a supply shock, and it seems this is more a demand shock. In the second quarter, prices rose on the PPI measure, but so did the volume of goods sold. Rising prices and rising, indeed, record volumes of goods are characteristic of a demand shock. Rising prices and falling volumes are a supply shock. This is hardly a surprise. In the US durable goods sector, demand has undergone a once-in-three-generation shock. We've seen nothing like this year's demand since 1946. On the supply side, there is production data from Japan and from the glittering wonder that is the euro. Japan's release was a final number, but it was revised stronger. The euro area data is probably less interesting for markets. We've already had the local numbers, but it is expected to show ongoing production strength. Note that with the exception of Austria, most euro area economies are putting in place COVID restraints that leave supply largely unaffected. Factories can keep working. It is the consumer that is facing restrictions, not the producer. From the United Kingdom, November labour market data was on balance a little stronger than expected. Wage growth slowed, but unemployment was lower than predicted on the claimant count metric. The number of employees in the UK is now above pre-pandemic levels, with little evidence of an impact from the ending of furlough in the UK. That level of employment is interesting because there has been a question in the UK as to how many people left the country during the pandemic, mainly European workers who had previously moved to the UK and returned home during COVID. This suggests that the number that left is likely to be at the lower end of ranges. Of course, the number of employees will be higher than the number of people in work, as some people may hold more than one job. And so some of the increase to above pre-pandemic levels could be workers taking on additional employment. That is supported 
by research that suggests that the growth in jobs recently has been particularly a growth in part-time jobs. That's all for today. Have a good day. UBS Chief Investment Office's investment views are prepared and published by the Global Wealth Management Business of UBS AG or its affiliate, UBS. This material has no regard to the specific investment objectives, financial situation, or particular needs of any specific recipient and is published for informational purposes only. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients globally, UBS AG and its subsidiaries offer both investment advisory services and brokerage services. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. In the USA, UBS Financial Services Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG and a member of FINRA SIPC. For information, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash working with us. For a full legal disclaimer applicable to the independent investment views produced by UBS, please visit our website at ubs.com forward slash CIO disclaimer.